Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. And I've been invited on other occasions. I just have not been able to come. Uh, but uh, like uh, Crystal. I apologize. Yeah, that's fine. That you're perfectly fine. Just like uh, Crystal just mentioned, uh, first of all, Pastor Homer and Pastor Lauren, they're friends, friends of ours. And uh, we think highly of them. And we think highly of your church and what God is doing here with you guys. Um, a little bit about myself, not too much. A little bit about myself, but I've been pastoring, if you add up all the years, total for about 15 years. Um, and I know right away people, when I say that, they're like, well, how old are you? <laughs> people, are, people always want to know how old uh, we pastors are. But... Uh, I'm not originally from uh, San Antonio. Um, I know I was talking to Brian earlier, and he was like, where are you from? And so I was like, well, you know, I'm from a small town. It's not that small. A town in West Texas called San Angelo, Texas. Anybody ever heard of San Angelo, Texas? Um, Well, y'all know the unfortunate news that uh, a couple of weeks ago there was that shooting there in Odessa where... Well, San Angelo is not too far from Odessa in Midland, you know, so it it almost felt like, wow, like that's that's my neck of the woods. You know, it's like especially those towns in West Texas are they're they're small, but they're big. They have a lot of people, you know, a lot of people think, oh, they're real small. But no, there's they're they're pretty good size. So I'm very familiar with that uh, part of Texas. It is desert. It is dry. (laughs) And it is boring. There's nothing to do. <laughs> and, you know, when you compare those towns to San Antonio or Dallas. But, but uh, my wife wasn't able to make it uh, today. Uh, I've been married going on 16 years. So that's another clue on how old I am. Uh, I'm not going to tell you guys my age. Okay, we're not. We're not going to. We're not going to go there today. But. Um, I just am so proud, really, of what you guys are doing. I've had the, the honor and I've had the experience of actually starting a church as well. Uh, and it's not easy. <laughs> if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? But I just want to applaud you guys. I just want to applaud Grave Top Church. Yeah, give yourself a hand. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. Uh, really, what Pastor Hargrove is doing and what you guys are doing, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, every once in a while we meet up, <clears throat> me and Pastor Hargrove. So... I get to hear what God is doing. I get to hear what is going on. Uh, Even though I don't know you guys personally, uh, I know that God is doing something amazing here. And uh, I want to talk to you today from that standpoint of what you guys are doing. I want to talk to you about church. Because that's what you guys are doing. You guys are starting a church. You guys are starting something new. And when I mean starting a church, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you guys are not already a church. Because guess what? You guys are already legit. You guys are already a church. Okay? Because it doesn't matter how many people there are. God doesn't really look at that, you know. Um, Okay. And it doesn't matter about the building either. You know, when we started our church, 
years ago, we started just like you guys started. We started in my house, in my living room, <laughs> you know? And so I want to talk to you about that because a little bit about that, because it's not easy what you guys are doing. It's not easy. Okay. Uh, and so I want to talk to you about really what is the purpose of church? Think about it. Think about my question. Okay. What is the purpose of church? You know, people who have really studied the Bible, really, really, really theologian type people, they have come up with five purposes, five purposes of why God created church. Okay. Now, I'm not going to go through those five today because that would be too much. Okay, I'm not going to go through that. But I do want to give you one today, okay? Can we handle that? <laughs> I want to go through one of the purposes of church today, okay? But before we go on, let's pray. And I want you to pray, and I want you to say, God, you know, talk to me today. Because how many of y'all know that when the preacher is preaching... Who's really the one talking? God. Okay? He's talking to your heart. Okay? It's not God doesn't just talk to your head. He talks to your head, but he's talking to you right here. So I want you to pray, Lord, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me today? God has something for you today. So I want you to pray with me. Let's pray together, okay? I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. And I want you just to begin to block out everything, all the distractions, whatever you got going on in your personal life, just block that off. This is God's time, right? Is this God's time today? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today. We love you, God. We just are so blessed that we're here in your house. We're so just blessed that we're here with one another, encouraging one another, helping one another, inspiring one another, Father. And I just pray that today, Lord, that you would have your way in our church service today. I pray that whatever we do today in the preaching and the worship and hearing and learning, I pray that you would just be guiding everything today from beginning to end. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. That's our hunger today. That's our heart today. Father, speak to everybody at an individual level today. Lord, and help me to be your messenger today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grab your Bible really quick. And uh, I think I have help my backup over here. I'll let you know. We're, we're on the same page. But I want to talk to you like what I said earlier. One of the main purposes of church, okay, and I believe it's one of the most ignored ones. It's not like a popular one. It's not, okay? If you were to ask people, if you were to ask people, well, what is church about? What is church all about? If you were to ask people that, you get so many different answers. You do. <laughs> you know, if you ask somebody, what do you think church is supposed to be about? That person will give you one answer. You go to another person, that other person will give you a different answer. Right? I want to tell you that God just didn't say just one day, oh yeah, you know what, let's just uh, do church. Just to keep all the Christians busy. <laughs> <laughs> No, God's deep, right? God knows what he's doing. Okay? But if you ask people, people will come up with some of these answers here. Like some people might say, well, church is about Christians fellowshipping together, right? People may answer that way. And that's good. That's a decent answer. You know, church is a place where Christians come and fellowship. Somebody else may answer, well, a church should be a place where uh, you love people and help people. Yeah, that's, that can happen in church, right? We 
you know, church needs to be a loving place and a place where we help people. Someone else might answer, well, you go to church to learn more about God. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Or have you ever thought that? I'm here at church to learn more about God. Right? That's a very popular answer. Another person may answer, well, church is the place where you worship and pray. You know, so those are all good answers. Don't get me wrong. But I think a lot of the answers that people have nowadays is they miss the main point. They miss some of the main purposes that God has in mind. Why is there a grave top church? God has a purpose in mind, right, for your church. Okay. And so let's read today. If, if you can give me that first scripture, it's in Ephesians chapter 4. So I want everybody to turn to the book of Ephesians. Boom, he's right on the money. Look at that. I'm telling you, Ephesians chapter 4 is going to answer one of the purposes of a church. We're going to read that together. You can read up here. You can read it on your device, on your Bible. So look what it says here. Okay, Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. I love this. It says their responsibility is what? Yes, their responsibility is to equip the body of Christ. Who is the body of Christ? Anybody who is a Christian, you are the body of Christ, right? Okay. Jesus is the head. You are the toes, eyes, feet, arms, legs, body. Okay. So the Bible teaches Jesus is the head. You're the body. So it says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. And to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son. Okay, stop right there. Okay, Because knowledge is good, but I don't want you to get confused with all of the words here. This is kind of a confusing passage. Because you see all of these words. Okay, And I want you to stop right there at knowledge because knowledge is good. Obviously, you come to church to gain more godly knowledge, right? But the, the last part here is what's really important that we miss. It says, knowledge of God's Son, that we will be what? Mature. Oh, I get it. Mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. In other words, I'm going to make that very simple. God wants you to grow and mature in such a way that you become more like Jesus. Very simple. Okay? So don't let all of these words get you lost. Okay? We just read one of the main purposes of the church, and that is... Church should be an equipping place, okay? A training place. If you're taking notes, you can put church is a training, a training place, a training center. What does that word equip mean? Equip means to what? Train. So that's, that's one of the main purposes of the church, okay? So you need to start looking at church that way. You need to start looking at church as, wow, I go to church to get trained. I go to church to get equipped. And I want to dive into that a little bit more today, okay? Training for what? I kind of already mentioned it. What's all the training for? Okay, why are we training? Why are we learning so much knowledge? Why so much information? Okay, 
We just read it. It says to do God's work. It said, I'm just breaking it down for you. It says to do God's work, right? And it says to mature to become more like Jesus Christ. Okay? So I'm going to take all of those words right now and I'm going to make it very easy for you. I'm going to give you another T word that goes right next to training. The reason there is so much training that needs to happen is because training needs to accomplish transformation. You get it? God wants to change you. God wants to change me. God wants to change your bad habits. God wants to change your thinking. God wants to change your heart. See, if you've already given your life to Jesus Christ, you're already saved, right? And you're going where? Boom. You're going to heaven. But a lot of times we forget is that while we're here on earth, we are supposed to be transforming and becoming more like who? Jesus. Not more like the devil. (laughs) Not more like grandma. You know, not more like that celebrity on TV that we like and follow on Twitter. Not more like this person over here. No, God's trying to transform us. See, here's the thing. A lot of people who say, a lot of people who say, well, you come to church to learn more about God. A lot of people who say that, they don't really understand what they're saying. They stop short of really what they should be saying. Okay? See, a lot of people will give you that answer. Well, you go to church to get closer to God. You go to church to learn more about God. Yes, but don't stop there. The learning about God should lead to what? Transformation. If you're not changing, if you're not maturing, if you're not growing... Okay, then what really is being accomplished? Nothing. You're just getting a big hit. <laughs> lots of information, lots of information. Okay, so how does this training happen? That's what I really want to kind of now laser focus, now laser focus on how this happens. If you can put that scripture back, it gives you here five leaders. And it says that these leaders have this responsibility. And it's okay if you don't understand what these leaders all technically mean, okay? Don't miss the main point of today's message. But we have five leaders here. It says up there, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church. The apostles, one, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay, which one do you think we're most familiar with out of all of these leaders? That would be pastors. Because pastors are the ones who are running the church. Everybody knows that, right? Okay. So my question today is, how does all of this training supposed to happen in the church? How does this training happen? Well, the training happens by giving these leaders the responsibility to what? To pour into you guys. Wow. So a pastor has that responsibility. Okay? Every pastor has that heart where he wants to download onto you a blessing. He wants to download onto you something good. He wants to make sure you're growing in the Lord. You know, Pastor Hargrove and Pastor Lauren, they have two little babies, right? What, is, what do you think that they're doing with those two babies? They're, they're making sure these girls are growing, right? Well, guess what? He sees you guys the same way, <laughs> but just in a different way. You guys are his spiritual babies. You get it? So let's just really quick, I'll make this really quick. There are two things, if you're taking notes, there's two ways that leaders pour into you. Two ways, okay? If you're taking notes, two ways. 
And for that, we're going to go to our next scripture verse. So turn to the book of Psalms. Okay. Psalms chapter 78. Or you can look up here. Psalms 78. Verse 70. And we're going to find here two ways that leaders make a difference in your life. Okay. Let's read it together. This is talking about King David. King David was who? King David was the king of Israel. Okay. And he was a godly king. David was one of the most godly kings that Israel had. Maybe I ever heard of like the star of David. It's that star. Okay. This is that same David. This is who we're talking about. That symbol that they even use that symbol in their flag today, the Israelite flag, okay, came from this guy right here. This is King David. How many of y'all heard the story of David and Goliath? The big old giant, he, he slings that rock, boom, the rock hits the giant in the head, he falls down, David gets his sword, David comes, boom, chops off his head. That's this David right here. This is who we're fixing to talk about, okay? Well, he's not a teenager anymore. He's the king of Israel. And look what it says. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ooze, I'm sorry, the ewes, and lambs, and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. So now we're talking about David. This is after David killed Goliath. Years and years later, he becomes the king. But David was a rock star. He was. He was, he was on top of his A-game. He was one of the best kings that Israel ever had. Okay? Because of that last part in verse 72, it says, He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. David was a godly man. Okay? He was a godly person. That's why he defeated Goliath that day, because he was a godly man. We know that. The Bible talks about that. But I see here two things that leaders want to do in your life. Let's make this practical for you. Okay? If training is going to happen in your life, number one, the number one, <clears throat> number one point for today is leaders feed. Okay? Write that down. Leaders feed. A pastor's job is to what? Feed. His people. Spiritually, right? I'm not talking about tacos and tortillas. We're not talking about food. We're talking about spiritual food. So look how it says here, that word. If you can go back to the slide, I'm sorry. It says shepherd. He was a shepherd. And look at that word. He cared. A good pastor is what? Shepherding his people. Right? You know what the word pastor means? I just said it. The word pastor means that you're a shepherd. In fact, a lot of people think that the word pastor is an English word. The word pastor is not an English word. It's an actual Latin word. It's a Spanish word. I don't know if you know Spanish, but in Spanish you would say pastor, pastor, pastor. The literal translation of that is a shepherd, right? Okay. What does a shepherd do? Like an actual shepherd who actually has sheep. He says, hey, come over here, sheep. The grass is green over here. Let's go over here. <laughs> You know, right now it's so hot in San Antonio that if you look at like my lawn and some lawns, you don't see green grass right now. 
It is so dry right now that you can walk over a lawn and you hear the crunch, crunch, crunch. Your, your feet are what? Crunching the grass. Okay? Well, guess what? In the spiritual, the same thing. A pastor's job is to make sure, hey, that you're feeding on the green grass of what? God's Word. That's the main thing you need to study. You need to become an expert on God's Word. Okay? So that's one way that pastors pour into you and train you. They feed you God's Word. Right? That's basic. I think everybody here understands that. What you got to understand too is though, this is what's going on though. You think that the devil is just letting you just kind of breeze through Christianity? No, 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 no. The world right now is in competition with, with what? The world right now is in competition with Christians. The world right now their ideas are opposite of what? The Word of God. Wow. So that's what you got going on in your life right now and in my life. Every day, every day there's resistance for you, resistance for me, from the world. Pressure, we can, put it, we can use that word pressure. There's pressure from the world. That tries to take us away from what? The Word of God. How many of y'all feel that? You can be watching a movie. You can be watching the news. You can be doing a Netflix binge or whatever. You can be on social media. And none of that is feeding you what? The Word of God. In fact, the opposite, it makes you even doubt. Like, okay, golly, you know. That's why you look at, look at the news and it's like they avoid God. You look at movies, they avoid God. What are they doing? They're ignoring God on purpose. That's what they're doing. They are. They're ignoring God on purpose. They don't want you to be educated on the things of God. In schools, you can't be a teacher nowadays in school, and we all know this. You cannot be a teacher and be teaching that God created what? Earth. If you're a teacher in school and you're teaching science class, what do you have to teach? It's that E word. Say it. Yes. Big Bang, evolution. Why are they doing this? The devil is behind this. We got we to gotta wise up. The devil doesn't want people to know the truth. So you come to God's house. You come to church to get what? Fed that truth. The truth that the world is avoiding, that's what you're here for. Let's talk about a second point here. Another way that pastors pour into you or leaders pour into you is by leading you. They lead you. So first one is they feed you. Second one is they lead you. Okay? And that's up here. Look what it says. Look what David did. He was the king. He was the rock star. It says, and he what? Led them with skillful hands. Now when it comes to leading this is where we get into the part of leading is not just talking. A lot of people can talk, 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 Okay? This is now the part where pastors, when they're trying to lead people, what they're really trying to do is a lot of things, to be honest with you. There's a lot of things that fall into this category of leading. But I feel like one of the main things when it comes to leading is a pastor is trying to be a godly example to you. Okay? So when you think about leadership, when you think about leading, think about is that person a good example 
bad example. Okay? Obviously, pastors have that responsibility. Okay? To be a model, to be an example to you. You know, everybody is looking at pastors. They look at them, how they dress, how they talk. Same thing like King David. He was the king, so everybody was watching what King David would do. It's the same thing with pastors today. Okay? What did Jesus say? Jesus would tell his disciples very clearly, follow me. That's what Jesus told his disciples. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What did the Apostle Paul say? One of the the greatest preachers in the Bible, Paul. Paul would tell people, follow my example. So anybody who is in a pastoral position, like your pastors here, Pastor Lauren and Pastor Homer, their job is they better be good examples to you guys, right? You know? If you're hearing them, you know, cuss every other word, uh, eh, that's not a good example. Blank this and blank that and blank, you know? Hey, come on. Okay? I know they're not like that. I know that. I know them. Okay? So that's the task that is supposed to happen here in church. That's how they pour into you. By being an example. That's where that word mentorship comes into play, right? They're here to mentor you. Mentor you. And so you're supposed to be watching them. You're supposed to be learning from them. You're supposed to be hearing what they say, what they talk about. Okay? You know, I remember one time I, we had a men's event. <clears throat> there was a men's event that we had. We had a lot of new men that night, and we went bowling and stuff uh, at our church. And so... I had invited one of my co-workers from work because he, he knew I was a pastor and he was like, yeah, I go, come on. So my friend from work came, my co-worker came. And like pastors always do, you know, that whole night when we're there, you're bolding, I was talking to everybody. I'd go up to this person, I'd, I'd hang out with them for a while. Then I'd go up to the next person and I'd hung out, out with them for a while. And I was noticing that my leaders learned something today. If you're here as one of the church workers here, one of the volunteers here, learn something. Okay. I was noticing that my leaders of the men weren't doing what I was doing. Okay. They were like in their own little clique. Okay. Their own little clique. And so afterwards, I just I felt disappointed in my leaders because I was like, wow, my coworker who was brand new, this was his first time, nobody came and talked to him. I noticed that. I noticed that that night. He was over here off to the side. None of my men leaders came and talked to him. And I said, wow, that's a pretty bad experience for somebody coming to church for the very first time. And nobody comes up and talks to him. I'll be honest with you. The next day I saw him at work, I was embarrassed. You want to talk about feeling embarrassed? I was embarrassed. And I don't remember exactly what I told him, but I kind of made excuses and said, man, you know, uh, I made a reference to how the men weren't very social and very talkative with him. And he's like, no, don't worry about it. But I was, I'm embarrassed. I was, I was very embarrassed. Guys, 
you can do the same thing that you see your pastors do. You can. Trust me. It goes back to what we're talking about. Follow their example. Follow their leading. Follow what you see them modeling. You can follow it. I'm going to wrap up here with one more story. Okay? Just to kind of wrap things up a little bit. I remember on another occasion, uh, we had been ministering to this young man who had been coming to our church, and he was doing well, and he was coming. And how many of y'all know that, you know, uh, people struggle with sin in their life? It don't matter what it is. Some of y'all here, you're probably struggling with certain sins in your life, and we're here to help you. Your pastors are here to help you. Well, that's what we were doing with this young man. He had a sexual sin that he was struggling with. And that's what he was struggling with. And so we were ministering to him for months and months. And God was working in this man. God was blessing. God was working. He was a changed person. He loved our church. He was happy at our church. And so anyways, one evening, to make a long story short, we had uh, just gone out to eat, me, my wife, and him. And we were in the parking lot, and we were getting ready to go into our cars, but we kept talking and talking, and here I am pouring into him, here I am ministering to him. And the most bizarre thing started to happen at that point. Next to our restaurant was a Home Depot, and all of a sudden we hear something like metal hit the parking lot. It made a clanging noise. So me, my wife, and this young man, we look over to the parking lot over there. And no kidding, no lie. We see a man, and he's holding a bar like this. <laughs> and he's like limping towards us like this. He's like, I mean, you would have thought this was out, out of like a Halloween movie. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Literally, the man was like this. He was like stumbling I think he was maybe intoxicated or something, and he had this metal bar, and he's coming towards us. So right away, I see what's going on. I see where my car is. I see where his car is. Very important to my story. And I told him, hey, let's, let's leave. Let's scram. I said, but follow me. That's what I told him. The last words I think I told him, I said, follow me. So boom, I get, me and my wife get in the car. There's two ways out of that parking lot. I chose the exit that was furthest away from that man. Guess what this young man did? Didn't, didn't think very smart, right? <laughs> Instead of following me, he goes to the exit where he has to drive towards that man. <laughs> Now, don't worry, nothing bad happened, but he got very close to this crazy man. Then he said he got to see this man come up to the car that was next to him, and that man was trying to break into that car. So later on, I asked him, I said, bro, what happened? I told you to follow me. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I forgot what he said. But, oh, I got nervous. I don't know. Don't worry. I was okay, you know. But as I started to think about that story afterwards, you know what? God made something very clear to me. I was meditating on that. I was like, God, why did this guy follow me? I gave him basic instructions. And God had to really speak to me. And God told me, Joel, I want you to notice something in this little event that happened. God was telling me and teaching me that this was a microcosm kind of story that speaks to how we really are in general. God told me, he said that in general, people, even Christians, because of our sinful nature, we do not want to follow. We do not want to follow the pastor. We do not want to follow God. We do not want to follow God's word. 
That's our human what? Tendency. And so that's what God was teaching me out of that story. That in general, people are like that young man right there. It's not our first response to say, oh yeah, I want to follow the pastors. It's not. We're very selfish. Let's be honest here. We're very self-centered. Some of you are very stuck in your ways that it's very difficult for you to follow God, to follow God's word, to follow the advice that your pastors are giving you. Oh, come on now. <laughs> See, and some of you guys are really sneaky about it too. Because this man, this young man that I'm talking about in the story, he just had a rebellious heart. His heart was rebellious. Even though God was ministering to him, Eventually, he didn't make it. His sexual sins got the best of him, and he went back. And he turned his back on God. By the way, this young man, his dad was a pastor. Just to show you that this man was really struggling. And see, but some of us, you know what? We have a little bit of rebel in us. Rebel, rebel, rebel. We don't see it on the outside because you do a good job of faking it. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Some of us here, we, we put on a good face. We, we know how to be polite, right? So that nobody knows that inside, in our heart, that's where rebellion happens. It happens in your heart. You can be a very nice person and still be a rebel. Yeah. You can be super sweet to the pastors, but in your heart, you have a wall up and saying, I'm not going to listen to their advice. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen. And you can even do it with a smile. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen. <laughs> so what am I talking about today? I'm talking today about church. Church should be a place where you're being fed and you're being led. You're being fed and you're being led. And so what is your responsibility? Following, right? Following. Following. And not following, like I said earlier, following and following and following to get... All of this knowledge in your head. All of this knowledge. If you get a lot of knowledge and you don't change, pride happens. That's a recipe for pride. But the reason you want to follow is for what I said earlier, transformation. How many of y'all want to transform? How many of y'all know that there is way more that God has for you? How many of y'all know that you're at this level, but God has boom, 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 all of these other levels that are still waiting for you? That, that should be exciting right there. That excites me. You should be excited. It's like, wow, God... I'm here at level two, but God, you want to take me all the way. You got all of these blessings. You got all of these levels that you have for me. Well, guess what? You have to what? Transform. Change. Amen. Okay. And you know what good pastors do? They, you know, good pastors get in your business a little bit. Yeah. Don't just think that pastors are teaching up here on the stage, up here, behind the stand, on the platform. The real good pastors, they're teaching and preaching all of the time. On the phone, through a text message, going out to eat at the restaurant. If you are willing to listen, a pastor is going to be willing to what? Teach and preach and pour into you. What do you think Jesus was always doing with the disciples? 
teaching and preaching, everything Jesus said. And guess what some of the disciples were doing? It is believed that a lot of the disciples were writing everything down. How do you think it got into the Bible? Somebody had to what? Write it down. Record what Jesus was saying. See, we don't think like that. We just think, well, the words in the Bible, well, they just got there. Uh, how did the words in the Bible just get there? Somebody had to be listening to Jesus and actually writing down what Jesus said. So if you took notes today, you passed. <laughs> you passed the test. So let's wrap this up today. You know what? I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today to really start seeing your church differently. Okay? You guys are unique. You guys are brand new, like a brand new baby. But I want you to start seeing your church as this is a training place. Okay? Start seeing that. Start seeing this is a training center. Don't just see this place as a place of fellowship. Don't just see this place as, oh, they're so loving. I love how welcome I feel here. I love how loved I feel here with the people. Don't just think about the love aspect of church. Start seeing Grave Top Church as a training place. A place of transformation. A place where you're going to change. How many of y'all are understanding what I'm talking about today? So see, that's one of the main purposes of a church. Is church is a training place. It's a place of mentorship. Look at your pastors differently from now on. You know what? From now on, you should look at your pastors as your mentors. You know, Crystal, I think you mentioned something like that. To, you said something that, that I'm one of Pastor Hargrove's mentors. She mentioned that earlier. Here's a pastor admitting that he himself needs what? Mentors. You guys, you never grow out of it. I have right now mentors in my life. Man, anytime I can be around other pastors, I want to be around other pastors because I want to learn because it may be something they say it's going to benefit me. Okay? So don't be scared of your pastors. Don't get nervous. They're human just like you. And they've gone through the same problems you've gone through. So that's why they're special people because... They have this passion to be your mentors. Because they could easily have an attitude of, well, we don't care, that's your problem. No. <laughs> no. Pastors don't have that attitude. And I know your pastors don't have that attitude. So what are we going to pray about today? I, I think today we need to pray about two things. I think today we need to pray, Lord, I need to be a better follower. I'm too stubborn. Yeah. I'm preaching this message to myself today too. I can get stubborn. I think the other thing that you need to pray today is, Lord, I need to start transforming. All of the information and knowledge that I'm getting here at Gravetop and from the pastors, I need to start applying it to my life where I change. Right? So that's what we're going to pray today. We're going to say, Lord, I have to start being a better follower. And we're going to also pray, Lord, I need to start applying what I'm learning. I can't stay the same. I can't be at this level forever and ever. I have to get to the next level. And then some of you today, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody here or somebody listening on podcast. I, I can't finish without saying, 
you need to start with following Jesus. Make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. Stop running from God. Stop running from God. It's time. It's time to give your life to Jesus a hundred percent. And if that's you today, if you're if that's where you need to start, level one is Jesus. Come into my life. I'm not going to run from you anymore. If that's you, you need to pray that prayer today. So I want everybody to close their eyes. And we're going to pray. And you're going to pray what I told you to pray. Okay? We'll pray together. I'll kind of lead you in this prayer. But I want you to be praying with me. And Father, we just come to you right now. We know that people are at different levels Some today are at that point where they've just been running from you and it's time to really turn their lives over to you 100%. I pray that you would touch that person who is hearing this message right now, who is hearing my words. Touch them right now. And I pray that person will pray, Jesus, come into my life. I'm tired of running from you, Jesus. Jesus, come. I accept you right now as Lord and Savior. Jesus, come right now. I will start following you, Jesus. I will start following you and your word. Father, bless that person. Save that person today. Father, I also pray for those who are praying this prayer today. Lord, change me. I need to be a better follower. I need to be less stubborn. I need to start really being mentored by my pastors. Father, help me to be a better follower. Help me to stop being so resistant. Help me to be a better follower. And Father, help me to start transforming. Help me to start applying your word. Applying what I'm learning. Help me to start living it. And Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me to change. Holy Spirit, help me to transform. Holy Spirit, help me to have victory over these sins, over these struggles. And we pray this today. We ask you today, Father, all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God is good. Amen. So I want you guys to start seeing this place differently. Okay? This is a loving place where there's a lot of love here. But this is also what? A training place. Don't forget that. A training place. God bless you, Crystal. You can come on now. Thank you, Pastor Joel. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.